Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Interesting new report today from the Conference Board of Canada offering a report card on how Canada performs, specifically when it comes to society. Now, that seems really general and vague, but it looks at a lot of relevant social indicators. as poverty, life satisfaction, joblessness, wage gaps, supporting those with disabilities, suicide, a lot of other issues. So it goes through and it looks at how Canada's doing compared to other provinces and then breaks it down, or rather other countries, and breaks it down in terms of how the provinces are doing. So Alberta comes up a little bit short according to this. We are excelling in some areas, but not doing well in others. So joining us for some further explanation of what it is we're measuring here, how we go about doing so, uh, very pleased to welcome to the program here today, Craig Alexander, who is Chief Economist at the Conference Board of Canada. Uh, much more at conferenceboard.ca. Craig, thanks for joining us here. Welcome to the program. It's a real pleasure, John. Well, it's Rob, but that's, that's okay. Um, let's, first of all, explain then what it is we're, we're trying to measure here and how you go about doing that. Uh, so what we're looking at is 14 different indicators. Um, many of them are on the equity side of things, looking at poverty rates, inequality, um, the ability of kids that are from low-income families to move up the income chain, looking at wage rates between different different groups, um, and sort of assessing how we're doing on the equity front. And then there's a group of indicators that are about um, social outcomes or, or, or social environment. and includes things like uh, life satisfaction. You know, asking people how do they how do they feel about where they're living and 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 their situation, uh, but also looking at things like voter turnout, how engaged people are in the local uh, democratic process, looking at uh, joblessness for youth, and looking at crime rates. And so, what we try to do is build a picture of how we are doing on the the social side of the slate. Um, as an economist and an economic forecaster, I spend a lot of time talking about how Alberta is doing, for example, on economic growth, job creation, unemployment, all the standard economic statistics. This is taking the other side. This is saying, you know, that's, you know, that's how the economy is doing. How is the society doing? And what are the social outcomes that we're getting? Well, when it comes to how the economy is doing, right, we got a lot of uh, data we can draw upon and we can look at GDP, we can look at unemployment. We got some pretty clear numbers that help tell the story. Is, is it just as clear when it comes to measuring some of these other indicators or does it become a little more vague? Well, it, it does become it does become more vague for some of the indicators. Like some some are, are very straightforward. So if, if, if you ask, like, how many homicides are there, do you know exactly how many homicides there's right. been? Um, if you ask about 
um, wage gaps and you look at you know the wages between men and women, we can measure that. It's it's like an economic statistic, so we can capture that. When you when you look at issues related to poverty, it gets a little vaguer because there's many definitions. Like so, how are you going to define your metric around poverty? We used we used uh, a metric that was if your income is below 50 percent of the average income. But there's other metrics that you could use for poverty, and so you could you might get different results depending on which which stat you use. And then there's some that are very subjective, like life satisfaction, which is the one I mentioned earlier, which is you know basically there, there's a survey that's done that StatsCan runs, and other countries ask the same question, and everybody in the advanced economies of the OECD countries, there's a survey that's done that asks you know how satisfied are you actually with your 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 life where you're living. And, you know, it's interesting in terms of the outcomes because, boy, Canadians are happy about being here. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what province you're in. Uh, Canadians actually feel that they, they are very satisfied with being in Canada. They'd much rather be here than someplace else. It's really when we start getting into some of the other indicators where you start to see some social challenges. All right, so let's talk about Alberta because, um, you know, Canada does all right internationally. Uh, and within Canada, though, Alberta seems to be on, on the bottom end. So w- what are the issues Alberta's facing? Well, first of all, from a, from a ranking point of view, uh, Alberta is, is below the national average. But, you know, within, within the scope of the range of other provinces. So, you know, it, it's... Alberta is not doing badly. It's more of a question of certain indicators that, you know, where we're seeing more weakness. So relative to the average, uh, we see a larger wage gap in, uh, a gender wage gap in Alberta. So on average, median uh, median uh, weekly earnings of women is 25% lower than men in Alberta. Now, one of the one of the questions you often get about that is, okay, so, you know, are you capturing the fact that that women uh, often take a break from the labor market because they have kids, and many many women don't work as many hours. They you know often have a part time job because they have work. Well, you know they have they have um, uh, family responsibilities that they're balancing. So we can also look at the differential between men and women on an hourly wage basis, and the gap isn't quite as big, but it's still eighteen percent, and that's well above the national average. So you know when we look at this, and we 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 scratch below the surface and say, okay, what's going on here? You know, I think that part of this is capturing the fact that there are certain industries that are male, that are more male dominated that also have higher incomes like the energy sector, uh, the resource sector. And this actually ends up showing up in, in the provincial data that, that there's more women working in industries that are lower paying and more men working in industries that are higher paying. And so you have this bigger wage differential between, between the two. Um, the policy recommendation here would be, you know, that we'd like to see more women in the resource sector. We'd like to see more women succeed and reach executive levels. We'd like to see more women on boards. Uh, and I think we are moving in that direction incrementally. It's just, you know, what the report basically is signaling is there's still way, some way to go. It's interesting because yeah, the wage gap issue comes up a lot. And, and Alberta's kind of unique because, as you say, there is that, that gap between men and women. But if you look at the, the earnings of women in Alberta versus the earnings of women in other provinces, uh, Alberta fares very well. So what's a more relevant statistic? Well, it, 
the the gap the gap is basically telling you something about um, untapped potential, right? So income levels in Alberta are higher than income levels in in Atlantic Canada. So you know uh, if we just looked at at income, you know in isolation, we would say you know that this that, that Alberta has an advantage. Uh, but if you say, okay, well, women in Alberta are earning significantly less than men in Alberta, then you have to ask the question: Okay, is there is there a lot is there an economic logic for that outcome? You know, is there does does it actually make sense? And I think that the the conclusion that we would reach is that we need to actually uh, in a in an environment where we have an aging population where. Some businesses are are running into skill shortages that we actually need to unlock the full potential that people have, and the gender wage gap is actually telling us something that there's there's more women can contribute than is getting captured in the compensation schedules that that, that are currently present. Um, one thing I should flag about this report that's particularly important for Alberta is that the purpose of this report was to do comparisons, and when you do international comparisons, you run into a problem with uh, data and the data for Alberta, the the data for for Canada, is from 2013, immediately before the oil shock, and so uh, you know I don't actually think that's going. To, you know I think in fact, if anything, the gender wage gap may get smaller as we go as as we continue to track this because the energy sector has been hard hit. And where do, where do more women work? Well, they tend there's more women in healthcare. There's more women in education. There's more women in the public administration sector, and those are you know those are industries or sectors that have not been as hard hit. So in point of fact, you know when we get the data for 2014, 2015, 2016. You know, I think we'll start to we, you know the, the the wage gap in Alberta may diminish because there was such a high premium being put on work in in the resource sector, and that sector tends to be more male dominated. Yeah, but that that's a weird way of of I, I guess if if the argument is that well because the uh, energy sector such took such a huge hit and we saw a big drop in wages in that sector. Uh, that the gap is closed because that's such a male-dominated well, we're, sector. Yeah, we're closing it the wrong way. <laughs> well, right. That yeah. doesn't really sound like a good news story. <laughs> no, it's not a good news story. But I, I want to—I just wanted to flag the fact that yeah, no, um, I get it. That, yeah. The date—the date is from 2013, and I don't think it's so relevant with the gender wage gap. But you know, on some of the other metrics, you know, like so, for example, when we looked at at poverty, you know, Alberta has the lowest poverty rates in, in, in the country in 2013, but, you know, you have to be sympathetic that the province has just had two years of the most painful economic contraction it's had. You know, we've seen a drop in GDP of 6%. The unemployment rate has shot up. There's, there is a significant amount of um, financial stress on many households. So, you know, I just wanted to make sure that people understood that if you go and look at the report, the, the report is telling you something about how how Alberta was doing, you know, sort of at its peak. And what it's really telling us is that the Alberta economy was doing great. You know, in 2013, Alberta, the Alberta economy was remarkably strong. Uh, but there were areas that, from a societal point of view, we could do a little better. You know, it, narrowing the wage gap was is, is one of the components. Um, you know, there, the the... The economy also, you know, we were seeing income inequality was another issue, uh, partly because the distribution of income was getting was 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 getting significant, and so and we could see actually in the United States in in other in in Britain how, uh, with respect to Brexit, how when people aren't having uh, adequate outcomes, the social pressures can actually lead to political uh, change that might not be constructive. And so I think in the current environment, 
there's more attention to the fact that um, not only do you need economies to grow, but you need societies, you know, the population as a whole to have a rising standard of living. You can't have it too concentrated in, in one segment. And that's one of the reasons why I think that these that the social indicators are more important today um, than they have been. Um, at the same time, you know, overall, Canada has done well. Alberta was doing well. Um, we're sort of in the middle of the pack. Like when you compare Canada to, you know, social outcomes in Canada and Alberta to other countries, you know, the social outcomes are far better than in the United States, but not as good as Europe. And in particular, the countries at the top of the, the performance are the Nordic countries, like Norway, Sweden, Denmark, which Canada often compares itself to. And if you think about that, I think that there's a logic as to why we're having the social outcomes that we get, because our economic model is not the cutthroat capitalism of the United States, and and Canada has more social support social support policies than America has. So America does much worse. You know, America and Japan are at the bottom end of the societal outcome scale. And then when you compare Canada and Alberta to other countries, you find that we don't do as much support as uh, some European countries. And, and again, it's particularly the Nordic countries that tend to stand out. Well, and let me ask you about where Alberta gets an A grade, because these seem like pretty important indicators. I mean, it almost seems counterintuitive in a way when we see Alberta get get D's in certain categories that when it comes to overall poverty, we seem to be doing really well. So poverty and life satisfaction, Alberta both gets an A grade. Yeah, so first of all, I mean, so poverty, uh, before before the oil the oil shock, poverty in Alberta was uh, was it was very low, and actually uh, at the top of the, of the distribution in terms of outcomes. So, you know, poverty very low in Alberta, great outcome. Income inequality was a B rating, and and I think that was partly reflecting the fact that there was you know an income boom taking place in 2013, and people in the in certain sectors were benefiting more than others, and so you had you know income inequality was was elevated, uh, basically, you know, a little higher than the national average. But one of the things I'd stress that I think it, people don't pay enough attention to is Alberta actually gets an A grade on intergenerational income mobility. And that's a really complex name, but really what it means is the ability that if you're, if you're born into a low-income family, what's, what's your capacity to rise up the income scale? Is there, are there barriers to you, you know, unlocking your potential? And in fact, Alberta on intergenerational mobility actually gets an A grade. And that actually means that I'm not quite as worried about the income inequality, because the, the problem with income inequality is when you have high levels of income inequality, it can, it can become in, entrenching where the, the high-income in, high families will make sure their kids stay at the high-income in high bracket, and those that are in low- and middle-income families have difficulty getting ahead. In, in, in point of fact, one of the things Canada is better than most other countries at is giving more equal opportunity to people. And Alberta actually was you know, received an A grade in from 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 the report card and is better than some other provinces. So, you know, Alberta had good social mobility, which makes me less worried about the the income inequality. Um, life satisfaction also is is very high. And you know, when I go to Alberta and I do presentations, I definitely get a sense that you know, even with the oil shock we've had, even though times are tough, most Albertans are quite happy to be Albertans, that, you know, their qual- they feel their quality of life is good and they have a high level of life satisfaction. So I want to stress here that on the social social indicators um, that we're looking at, 
um, Alberta is not doing a bad job. Alberta actually is 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 providing good social outcomes to its to its people. And I think that when, as we go forward, I think. Uh, you know, economic growth in Alberta is going to return this year. I think the the, the Alberta economy is going to grow at well above two percent this year. I think the unemployment rate is going to be coming down over the course of the year, and that means that some of the the social pressures that have actually developed in the last two years because of the oil shock are going to diminish as we move forward. Well, let's hope so. Again, people can read more for themselves. A lot more at conferenceboard.ca. Craig Alexander, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate this. Thanks very much, Rob. All right, take care. Craig Alexander, Chief Economist at the Conference Board of Canada, talking about this uh, societal report card, how Canada ranks compared to other countries, uh, and how the provinces rank within Canada. So it's, a, it's weird. It's kind of a mixed bag for Alberta, but I think on the ones that matter, Alberta does very well. When it comes to poverty, Alberta gets an A. Saskatchewan got a B. Every other province got a C. Alberta gets an A when it comes to intergenerational income mobility. And Craig just talked about why that that really matters. Life satisfaction, Alberta gets an A. So I think on on that, we're we're doing pretty good. Alberta gets a D when it comes to gender wage gap. Alberta also gets a D when it comes to social network support, which seems like more of a a vague concept. As it says here, that reflects an individual's perception of being able to count on someone else in times of need. Well, okay. I'm not sure how you'd measure or quantify that. Uh, anyway, you can see all of this for yourself again, conferenceboard.ca. We got to take a break, though. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.